This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The excitement is here. I'm not sure we can quite contain ourselves. England versus Iran opening World Cup game for the Three Lions Monday 1pm Are you ready Lee? Well put it this way I've got the day off work um, which for me that that level of planning alone should tell you for me that yeah I'm definitely ready I'm really looking forward to it um, can't wait to see the lineup he puts out but I think between us we'll probably figure it out um, I'm expecting a win simple as that What about you Jamie? Are you have you, have you got three lines blasting out the car? <laughs> I've uh, I've not quite gone that far yet because I think Lauren would kill me if I did that. But uh, <laughs> but no, I I am ready for it. Uh, it's going to be the only game that um, we know of anyway at the minute that I'm not going to be uh, that I'm going to be working for. Um, but the way my uh, my stuff set up here, I'm not going to miss it anyway. Um, so yeah, I'll still be able to watch it and work as long as customers don't pester me too much. We'll be fine. Well, so we're here today. Obviously, we what we'll normally be doing is sort of reviewing the match before and then previewing the, the next game. Uh, so a bit of a shorter one probably today because obviously there's no match to review. So we'll dive straight in. Would you like some stats on this game? Yes, yeah, please. I think it would probably help. <laughs> yes. So uh, this is the first ever meeting between the two sides. Uh, Iran's World Cup record is 1-2, drawn 4, lost 9. So, they haven't really... We've only won a couple of games out of, what, 15 there. Uh, On the opening day, England have won 6, drew 6, lost 3 in their opening game. Iran's opening game record, 1-1, drew 1, lost 3. Scored 2, conceded 7. Their one victory was in 2018 when they had a 95th minute winner, gave them a 1 0 win against Morocco. Uh, Player wise, Jude Bellingham becomes only the 13th player to play for England at a World Cup whilst playing outside of England for his club. Uh, Kane, Harry Kane's on 51 international goals, so he's only two behind Wayne Rooney. And he's on six World Cup goals, which puts him four behind Gary Lineker at the top of the World Cup goals for England standings. Now, Iran, now their captain, I'm going to badger some names, they're going to murder some <laughs> names here. <laughs> Elsu Hajsaft. Uh, this is his fourth world, he's the fourth most capped Iranian player of all time with 121 caps. So not too bad. Um, and Ali Dai, he got 149. And do you remember that name? Is that, was he like the, the most the most prolific international goal scorer ever? Oh, yeah, I remember the name. I knew I'd heard the name before. Is he the one yes, that Graham Sooner signed? <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> no, because this guy was actually decent, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wasn't George so, Weir's cousin, no. <laughs> so a little fat file on Iran. Um, so they were beaten in three games. Although I believe at this time of recording, have they not just played another time? Have I just heard you tell me, Jamie, recently they've played again? Yes, they played against Tunisia on the sixteenth and lost two 0 
Right. So they were unbeaten in three games until they played <laughs> Tunisia. <laughs> Just before this time of recording. Uh, they beat they beat Uruguay. They did. Yes, that and I noticed that. It's quite um that sort of raised my eyebrow at that thinking, oh hang on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's what's happened here? Um, yeah, <laughs> but no. Um, in terms of other notable players from Iran, you might actually know. Um, you're looking at Maddy Tarimi, who plays for Porto, and Alexander Yahambak, who used to play for Brighton. Yes, he plays in Holland now, does he? Yeah, so he went back to Feyenoord, where yes. Brighton got him from Alkmaar, actually. So that's a lie. I said he went back. He didn't. He just went to a totally different club. <laughs> um, so just he's finishing up on Iran uh, they've had less than three goals in eight of their last nine games including that friendly uh, recently this is their sixth World Cup and their first time they've done three in a row uh, but they've never got out of the group at their previous five World Cups they're currently ranked 20th in the FIFA rankings their highest being 15th in August 2005 and three of the country's top seven goal scorers of all time are all in this squad. So you've got Asmori, who has 41 goals and 65 caps. And Sarifil. Sorry, mate. You do your best. <laughs> if you're 29, <laughs> 29 goals in 94 caps. And then Tarimi, who has 28 in 60. But as we are just alluded to they are all well behind Ali Dai's record 109 in 149 caps yes that's pretty much it I hope you feel a bit more clued up now as to what's, <laughs> what could happen <laughs> yeah I mean when, when you talk about Iran and their recent record until they played on the 16th they, they've not lost in three England haven't won a game in the last six yeah, we're not in good. We're not in good nick, are we? <laughs> not going into a World Cup where you're one of the top three teams in it, apparently, according to the bookies. Well, I, th- I think listening to uh, Dan reel off the stats um, at first, you know, you're, you're talking about Iran's performances in in previous World Cups or in previous competitions, and you're talking about. I'm, I'm thinking Harry Kane. He's going to get Gary Lineker's record in this game. But then, the, the more you talk about Iran and the current form. And you realise that they are actually pretty high ranked. And I think they are the highest ranked uh, team from Asia. I might be wrong there. I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, though. At least the Red they were. Um, they're probably not complete mugs. You know, Carlos Quiroz is the coach, which is which is a story on its own, really, how he's come to be. Because um, it's not the first time he's done it. Um, but you should know a bit about the English game. They, they should be up for this match. And, it, and it's a very strange group, you know, without going to try to delve into the politics. This is Iran versus three the three Western English-speaking nations. So there may be a, that, I don't know, a certain mindset that they're up against it, you know, and that, that can galvanise a side. Um, the conditions will probably suit them. If you look where Iran is on the map, it's certainly closer to their backyard. So um, all I'd say is we should be thrashing them. We should be, but we, we do need to respect them still. I mean... Talk about like sort of the atmosphere and the crowd there, Lee. Do you think? I mean, what what kind of support are they expecting? Do you think for England? Well, I I think England will will always get its following. The Barmy Army is always there. They just it doesn't matter where in the world it is. You'll always be able to hear the drums. Um, it, it's going to happen. Um, and I think as long as the players have got a little a little bit of in touch with that. That, that's normally enough for them. We've seen them go to, to big, big games where there's only half a dozen fans been allowed in the stadium. But they've made enough noise to inspire the players still. So I, I think they're professional enough to know the job and to treat every game. Every game's an away game here, isn't it? Let's face it. Yeah. It's how it is. So they should really be in the mindset. Um, I'd at least like to think they are. And it's not the first not the first big tournament for England either. No, fan, mm. Fans or not... Uh... I mean, they've got enough experience. This goes for every country in the world because everyone suffered COVID, didn't they? And football was being played behind closed doors. So, I mean, if you've got no fans there, then you deal with that. That that is just how it is. Players can deal with that now. They've done it for. They did it for eighteen months. So, in terms of if England get the back in, I agree with Lee. They will because the Barmy Army do go everywhere. But 
it's not the end of the world. I think sometimes that can release a bit of the pressure. If a game's not going your way, the fans aren't getting on your back if they ain't there. <laughs> yeah. I think I was just wondering, like, obviously, we're saying, like, geographically, Iran is so much closer to Qatar. And then you think, yeah, will there be a lot of Iranians making the trip over? And also for the people of Qatar, will they feel it's a, it's going to be interesting really. will they feel more of a bond with Iran because it's sort of a country close to them you know in the same way as we we were saying you know on, on the last podcast that we did that you like to see the home nations do well is it that sort of bond where they want it oh well we want to run come here and do well um or will they <laughs> or will they look at England and Maybe because the Premier League is such a massive thing, they have more of an affiliation with England and their players because they're like their heroes who they watch on TV. Because let's face it, the Premier League goes every every country in the world near enough, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't think there's many places the Premier League doesn't touch. So no, and I don't think you know as English fans that we have a particular well, what we have with the Scottish, I wouldn't call it a bond anyway. <laughs> there's every chance they hate each other as well yeah the the mortal enemies um so yeah we can end up having the crowd behind us for all we know yeah i think i say it's just that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how it actually pans out on the day yeah um referee wise i've been trying to find out but they're still not um still not mentioned who he is or announced who's refing what games as we come to record this, uh, possibly, possibly to stop them getting something placed in their back pockets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with uh, some st- stories that have come out today. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we're not, bra- we're not a few of a, not short of a few stories, are we? <laughs> yeah, can't can't bribe the ref if you don't know who he is, can you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the the other thing as well to look out for in this World Cup is the Spanish referee, because um, he is notorious for giving out yellow cards can't remember his name but if, if you like watching dirty games or maybe not dirty games but just referees just throwing out cards like it's Christmas he's the referee to watch so is it him against the Argentinian ref yes probably yeah because yeah he moved whoever refereed that Boca Juniors game the other week because if he's going to the World Cup you guarantee he yes yes he, he is laughing at the World Cup is wow. he from the Prem going yeah, there's two, um, Anthony Taylor and Michael Oliver. Oh, I was going to say Michael Oliver's got to be going, yeah. I mean. Um, he is, he's the best ref we've got by a long shot. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of a not much of a contest now that Mike Dean's packed in. <laughs> <laughs> says says Mike Dean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I think the game is going to be more difficult than people think. I know we should, like Lee said, blow him away. And it should be three, four, getting maybe even getting for five if you want to be greedy. Um, I just don't think Southgate plays football like that. No, and he will be looking at he will be looking at the opening game and thinking, I don't care if it's one nil. Yeah, it's, as long as we if we get our three points, that is in, that is job done. Three points on a clean sheet, ideally. Three points on a clean sheet and no injuries. That'd be great. Yeah, that's that's what I yeah. think you've got to look at as an England fan now. Forget about playing exciting football. If we can win that World Cup, I will take every game being one 0 on an absolute ball fest. Yeah, he, he'll want to keep the ball. Yeah, won't he? He'll want to keep the ball, keep the possession, work the opponents. Yeah, and exert as little energy as possible at this stage. Yeah. So that now the question is: against Iran, do you play three at the back or do you play four? I've got it written down here. I've got. Formation question mark. 532, 5-3-2-3-4-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-3-4-3-
I think he, they're not going to play like Germany. But you think he'd much prefer to have a fit Kyle Walker to play with if you want to play that three at the back? Because I'm not saying he's essential to it, but he's really helpful to have him there. I mean, if you're going to play a three at the back against these, you could get away with playing Connor Cody, probably. True. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric Dyer, John Stones, Harry Maguire, because that'll probably be the three if Kyle Walker's not fit. As long as Iran are as good as we hope, you know, we think they're not, should I say. Yeah. Because of I mean, I mean, I think they've got a lot of experience on the side, judging by, you know, the, the amount of caps that the players have got. And I mean, I said that you know, three of their all-time top seven goal scorers are all in this squad, yeah, with decent goals to game ratios as well. You know, like one in twos, you know, forty-one in sixty-five. So they've got goals in that side, aren't they? They're not, you know. I, I, I don't, obviously, you've got to look at all the opposition for these games. You know, who yeah. have you actually been scoring against? Um, probably not nations as you know as adept and as. You know, as skilled as England are, but do, if you know where the back of the net is, you know where the back of the net is, don't you? Yeah. Well, and if it's your day, it's your day as well. If you go in with the right attitude, and and if they catch England a little bit cold, you know. I mean, let's look at the back, for example, Harry Maguire. Now, I actually think some of the criticism he's had has been a bit harsh, to be honest, a bit over the top, especially when it comes to playing for England. He's done nothing wrong, but he he's not going to have the sharpness that the other players are, and he probably is going to start. Yeah, they'll target him. They'll definitely target him as like a potential with, weakness in the side. Does it, yeah, with with Maguire, it's your typical media pile on. Isn't yeah. it? once Ooh, they yeah. get the teeth into somebody, they yeah. just don't line up. Yeah, yeah. I think in terms of targeting someone, if Iran are going to target Maguire, I think we'll be fine. I'd be more worried if it was a Germany or an Argentina. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're saying that. Um, I think if. Like the more the tournament goes on as well, if it goes the way that we think it might go in England, win the group and end up with, say, Ecuador, the four games that he'll have played in that time will build his confidence up because he's not going to be playing against the world beaters. So by the time you get to the world beaters, he's going to be match fit because he's going to replay four lots of 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's yeah. and, and a think, bad first game, you know, nothing silly happens, yeah. you know, like a bad yeah. that's a summer like that, that could really put a spanner in the works for him that good. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, I mean, John Stones has come out anti this week and said, you know, that he, he's got such a good partnership with Maguire and yeah. um he looks forward to playing for England because he looks forward to playing with Harry Maguire and I think something like, you know, hearing that must you know make Maguire just pick his head up and think, yeah, because John Stones, you know, he's he's one of the most experienced members of this squad now with England, isn't he? Yeah, and John Stones hasn't been out, hasn't been without criticism over the years, neither. I was one no, of the, the biggest criticisms of John Stones, one of the biggest criticizers, did not like him as a player, didn't see what it was. Last two years, the guy's come on leaps and bounds, yeah, and I think. Now, when he if he gets left out by Manchester City, I'm sort of scratching my head, thinking, oh, "What, what, what are you doing, Pep? <laughs> What's yeah, going yeah, on?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I say, I think they have got a goal threat if given chances. And for me, the last thing Southgate will want, especially early doors, is for us to concede, go behind, and start the World Cup off chasing a game. So that's why I do think he'll stick with the three centre halves. Yeah, he'll try and build it. Try and build it from the back. It also gives them, you know, if they are going forward and there's nothing on, it gives them a chance to reset the move and go back as well with three centre halves. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 on that. yeah, yeah, I agree that we'll probably we'll probably go with the the three centre halves. Um, I'm not saying it's what I'd do, yeah. but I do think it's what he would do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it personally. I'd go 4 3 3 um, and just try and take the game to him. Um, yeah. Um, and then and then see what happens from there. But And then if it's going wrong, you can revert if you need to. But um, if I'm just uh, currently writing down a potential team that I think may start in that formation. 
Well, as you're doing that, Lee, have you got a team? Well, they'd have a team of four four two, but you know, I can adapt. I can adapt. I mean, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'll I'll tell you part members of my team. So I've got Pickford and goal. Yeah, I'm a, that's right. Three Guy and Maguire and Stones. Trippier and Shaw as the, the wing backs. Bellingham and Rice as your midfield. I can't see much competition for any of those players. Obviously, Kane leads the line. I think the fun where we're going to have now is which two players play off Harry Kane. Yeah, I, I've just picked them two players um, that I think it's going to be. I, I certainly wish you. I think he'll pick. I think he'll pick Sterling and Saka. Then I've got Foden and Saka. I've gone. I've gone Sterling and Saka. Okay, so it's interesting there. See, I, I think Foden's a lot. He's come on a lot in the last sort of twelve months, and although we didn't obviously missed a lot off at of the Euros, but we didn't really miss him do we? Got to the final. But you've got Grealish, you've got Madison, you've got Rashford. I mean, who, who else? Anyone else? Mason, Mason Mount. Mason Mount. I mean, I'm sure you'll try and shoe on Mason Mount. I was going to say, yeah, he's, Mason Mount is getting on that pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is, that's where England's sort of talents lie, don't they? And I think, uh, for me, I think Southgate tries to protect the defence because he knows that's where we're weaker. Yeah. So protect the defence, make sure they don't make the job a massive one or a bigger one than it needs to be. Yeah. And then look down the other end of the pitch, he's got a prolific striker in Kane yeah. and he's got masses and masses of creativity and on, on the pitch and on the bench. And he probably thinks, whatever combination I've got in there, I trust them to get me a goal and get create me one, two chances and we'll win the game. Yeah. And my midfield and my defence will keep it tight at the other end. Yeah. I think personally, right, I, this is I pick the team that I think Southgate will pick. If it was me and you were going with this formation, Trippier wouldn't start this game against the Rams because I don't think you need him. I think this is a Trent Alexander-Arnold game. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because he's controlling on the ball. Range of passing is ridiculous. His, his delivery of the ball is every single time is bang on. I, I uh, agree with that. I totally agree. But I actually think he can play Trippier instead of Shaw. Because I think he might want Trippier on the pitch as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't fault Luke Shaw. Because I thought he was done at United this season when the last year started playing. And then now he's back in the team and he's playing well. So Luke Shaw's fair play. <laughs> the only natural left back I think we've got. He's, he's, he's one of those players. He's one of those players that they keep trying to kill off. Yeah. And he just won't die. <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> For lack of a better term, yes, that is, that is exactly yeah. what it is. Um, but yeah, for me, just in terms of that, I'd be playing Trent in this game and saving Trippier for the bigger games, maybe, where you're going to be tested a bit more defensively. I'd certainly be looking to get Trent involved with the formation. If you're going to play that yeah. formation, it, it suits him best. Um, yeah. and, and why not this game, I suppose? But, and then I say, why not this game? We don't want to talk about it as though it's a walkover, do we? We don't no. want to get that mentality or that mentality to be about the squad at all. I mean, even if just the sheer fact of playing Trent suggests yeah. to the rest of the squad that Southgate does think this is a walkover. You know, could that even come into it? Like, he might, yeah. it doesn't look like he's not taking it seriously, but that, that's harsh on Trent, I know. That is harsh on I'm, Trent. I think if you're looking creatively, if you're struggling to break a team down, are you going to trust to play that final pass, Trippy or Trent? Oh, yeah, and Trent can pick him out from, you know, he, he plays some spectacular passes as well, not just good yeah. passes. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. He's, he's, he's basically a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think with Trent, like like you were saying there, it's an interesting point. Could he, could his inclusion in that team make the rest of them think, oh, the manager obviously doesn't think these are a threat. Mm. It's just a matter of time till we break them down. 
Uh, they mustn't have anything going forward because we're playing Trent at right wing back, not Kieran Trippier. It, it's a really strange one, isn't it? Because you, you, you're sort of venturing into overthinking it a little bit, I guess. Uh, do, well, do you... I am, I should say. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, is he the best player for that position, like to play, to play on the right, full stop? Is is that what he's been signed, uh, been uh, brought in for, just to play in that specific role? And and will he be good enough to play yeah. in that specific role against anyone other than Iran? Well, the the other question I'd ask then is, would Gareth Southgate have took him if another left back had been fit, Ben Chilwell, for example, or Reese James? Mm. Would Trent even be in the squad? Probably not. Yeah. Um, so I get, but I don't think as well. Going back to your point of will the rest of the squad think well Trent's playing, so it's going to be a walkover. I don't think anyone in that England squad believes that Trent's a bad defender. Well, that's true. I think they're going, they'd be they'd be more likely to stick by the mate anyway, wouldn't they? Let's be honest with yeah. you. You know, we're talking really high level footballers here, and he's he's not a mug at all. I, I think no. the trouble with Trent is his form hasn't been great, has it either? You know, no. It, well, James I mean, it's... Form gets him called up. Why does yeah. Trent almost, you know? Yeah, it's it's one of them with Trent, like, because he plays in a certain way at Liverpool where yeah. the full-backs are everything. And they they defend uh, they don't defend as much as other teams' full-backs do because that's what Jordan Henderson's there for. That's yeah. what Fabinho's there for. They they cover him. Yeah. Um, but he does get exposed a lot. So, and you'll see it more if you watch Liverpool v Man City games. Man City will always play the diagonal straight over Trent's head. Yeah, they'll keep going every yeah. single time, and they'll keep doing it. And then other teams click onto that. And like the FA Cup final last season, Trent had the game of his life against Chelsea. Never seen him defend better ever. So for anyone to say he's not a good defender is wrong, because he can do it. It's just the way he's asked to play for Liverpool. Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily interested in defending, for want of a better way of putting it. I think he's a, he yeah. is a creative footballer. You know, I think he'd much rather be whipping the ball in, to be honest. When you see how he plays, yeah. he's got a lot of flair about him, hasn't he, really? Yeah. Is that, if I make a mistake and cost the goal, but I've got two assists at the other end, yeah. am I in credit? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a terrible way to look at it as a pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah um... I don't think I, I don't think I would entertain that kind of thought. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like you've cost me a goal, I don't care what you do. Um but yeah, it's it's an interesting debate uh, with Trent and we could probably debate it all afternoon, but Yeah, I mean so we think are we do you think he will get the start then? You've said do you, do you lead do you think Trent will get the start? I've got a feeling that he will actually start Trippier. Yeah, I think he'll Hopefully go. Soon. He will. We just trust him that little bit yeah. more. His form's excellent. Looks in really good shape. But he might give yeah. Trent a game. He may well bring him on, especially if England are doing well. If we're looking comfortable, yeah. then I will go on. Might think Trippier's important player. He get him off. Give Trent a run. To be honest, he may, may he may come in either way. Yeah, because yeah. if we are if it's nil nil, yes, I think he's definitely yeah. he's probably on it about fifty minutes. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I mean Bellingham. Bellingham could be this could be his sort of tournament where you know he's he's known at Dortmund and he's done it in the Champions League and you know his names on the you know the lips of, of fans all over Europe and so, you know linked with massive clubs. And Liverpool. This could be him moving another level in this tournament, though, I feel. Yeah, this is could be is what they call your coming out party. Uh, yeah. This, this is the time now. He's got a World Cup in, shrouded in controversy anyway. Um, and what a good thing it would be for England if Jude Bellingham turned up in this World Cup and just turned it all on his head. We know he's got it in him. We've seen how good he is. He, he really... Yeah. What, what I think what it is with him is he... He, he belies his age, just how good he is. His yeah. feet and his his football intelligence, his awareness of the of attacks and 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 threats. He, he's got it all. He has absolutely got it all. And I can understand why they retired his shirt at Birmingham. <laughs> I was literally <laughs> just about to say when he moved from Birmingham to Dortmund, and everyone was like, "Why have Dortmund done that? Like, why why have they bought him? And why have Birmingham retired his shirt?" Well, I th- we take it all back. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. He's a teenager, 
and he's got nearly 200 professional games under his belt already. Yeah. He never looks uh, out of his depth. Never, ever no, no. his depth. I mean, we know full well. He, he's, he's professional debut, he's 15, come on and scored the winner against Stoke yeah. in the last minute. <laughs> um, and like you say, nothing phases him. No. Nothing. He just, he plays, he reminds me very much, I mean, this isn't like oh, you know, related to oh. England, but right, okay. if there's one Stoke player I've seen over the year that he reminds me of, it'd be like a Stephen and Zonzi. Just plays the game at his pace. He does what he wants. It's like he's in charge of this football match, and everyone else is just playing his game. Yeah, I'm. I'm still honestly. It's when you said he scored against Stoke. I'm thinking when did Dortmund play Stoke? I'm honestly not <laughs> <laughs> for a minute then. But yeah, mate, I, I had a horrible feeling when you when you were going to compare Bellingham to someone then. But for some <laughs> reason, you were going to compare him to Deli Ali, and I was like, oh no, please don't. <laughs> God no, um, levels. I actually had a feeling he was going to compare him to Stephen and Zonzi. <laughs> Dan doesn't love Stephen and Zonzi, to be fair. Yeah. If there's one thing I know about Dan, it's Stephen and Zonzi is God. This <laughs> high praise indeed for Drew Bellingham. This, let me tell you. <laughs> His brother's meant to be all right, and he is it, Joe Bellingham. Yeah, he was. He he came on play against Stoke last week, but didn't didn't score. I was going to say, did he score? <laughs> No. <laughs> Although they did win, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's his brother. You know how they always say, "Oh, his brother's better than him." I'm like, well, he's he's gonna be some player then if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. What is he? Is he a striker, midfielder, or uh, same position? I think. Yeah. Christ, just, they're gonna both just, be playing just, for England, aren't they? The, the conveyor belt of midfielders coming out to the Bellingham household. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many more on the way as well? <laughs> <laughs> All, we'll, all the England team will be in five years is Ramsey's and Bellingham's. <laughs> <laughs> and Ramsey Bellingham's. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ramsey, Bellingham's, Walker's, Walker Peters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Kane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kane's not retiring until he wins a trophy with either Tottenham or England. <laughs> <laughs> Still going around on his Zimmer frame with the Audi Cup. <laughs> um, I, I just, yeah, so in terms of attacking players, I went for Saka just because I think he had a good Euros. I think Southgate trusts him and he's playing really well for Arsenal. He's a fantastic little player, I think. Really, yeah. really like him. He's another one. He's just got so much maturity in his game. You yeah. think he's been playing for years the way that he he sort of adapts himself to every every single match. Always got a yeah. shot in him. Always, he's got loads of assists. Absolutely loads. Yeah. He was doing a quiz the other night for Arsenal players, so top assists, and he's in that list. I'm thinking, he hasn't even been around that long. No, the names of these above, and yeah, I'm really impressed with him. He just, like I say, he's a constant threat. Really dangerous yeah. football. He's got to play. Southgate loves him too. Yeah, and I think the same can be said with Sterling. I think Sterling picks himself. Never lets, never lets England down. Really, <laughs> especially over the last. Two years, two and a half years. He's been one of England's better players, um, scoring goals in the Euros. Um, yeah, and I just think he picks himself. Southgate trusted. I don't think anybody likes playing against Sterling. To be honest with you, such an intelligent player. He's brave. He makes all the right runs. Never ever stops. You see, when he comes off the pitch, he's absolutely soaked to the skin every single game. He gives everything, doesn't he? He's going to be soaked to the skin after about five minutes. Oh, yeah, he will. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Sterling. If Southgate, you, you sort of think to yourself with the start he's had at Chelsea, it's been quite a mixed, hasn't it? Yeah. He was, you know, his place is under threat. Has he ever been under this much pressure? I think throughout his England career, he's always been under pressure for that spot. Yeah. And I think if if there was any time he wasn't going to play, it probably would have been for the Euros last summer. And Southgate kept him in that squad. And he was possibly England's best player at that time. I think he was, to be honest. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I feel like the form going into that tournament for Sterling at City wasn't great. And he ended up scoring a load of goals and was, like you said, one of England's best players. And I think it's going to be the same this time. He's not doing that well for Chelsea. Um, and I think he might just turn up and surprise a few people. Yeah, and like you say, Southgate trusts him, I think. Yeah. You know, it can be go two ways. This can has Southgate been 
too long in the job. So where there is players that maybe there are better alternatives, but in his mind, yeah, he's not going to bring them in because I know I he, he's never let me down, so I can't drop him because yeah. I know he'll do me a job. Yeah, it's very difficult. Is that from a from a manager's point of view? All, all you want is is players who carry out your instructions accurately. Yeah. And yeah. if you've got men in your side who've been doing that for sort of, you know, three or four years for you and they consistently do it, even if a player looks good, a player comes on, you know, and he looks good when he comes on and he scores and great. Yeah. This other guy, he's doing everything he's asked of all the time. And if all my men did that, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. You can see how sometimes these players, they seem to be just like it's an old boys club. But it's probably yeah. it's a trust thing, isn't it? And and the reliability thing from the manager's point of view too. Yeah. Do we... Is that why is that why James Madison has struggled to get into this squad, and maybe why Jack Grealish did when he was at Villa, and he was more of a free spirit. But now that's maybe been honed in a little at Manchester City. He's more of a regular now for England. I was literally just about to say. Do we think that James Madison's had that clicking point where he's had that conversation with Gareth Southgate and he's like, look, this is what I'm doing for Leicester. This is what I can bring to your squad. And Southgate's just like, you know what? I'm going to give you a chance. And then this is his tournament now where Southgate asks him to do something. He does it. He'll stay around the England squad for a while because he's a cracking player. There's no no That's doubt about it. It's, yeah. it's, his ta- it's his tactical awareness that yeah. Gareth Southgate will be worried about. And if he can sort that out, like Grealish has, as Dan alluded to under Pep, then he's he's a regular for England. So what we're saying is, we'll start out with three at the back. Yeah, we've got he's going to Trippier and Shaw. Midfield are going to protect the defense. Declan Rice, we haven't mentioned him. He's for me, he's another fantastic player, and I'll I'm all my hand up. I didn't think he'd be half the player that he's turned out to be. No, I was the same. Same, but yeah. What a player. What a player. He's one of them that most teams would like to have a Declan Rice in him. Yeah. He is that good. Yeah. I mean, in this competition, you know, he, he is that kind of level. So, yeah, very happy with him. So, Kane's up front, Sterling, Saka, and then quite, a, you know, seven players behind who probably are more just... Not not entirely. You know, you, you, your wing-backs can get forward. Bellingham's probably got... Rice probably got a run in him to support, but mainly it's just making sure we don't concede there. Yeah. 60 minutes in, it's nil-nil, struggling, just not getting through. Grealish, Madison, Foden, Wilson. (laughs) No, it's Rashford. I I think Rashford's a very lucky boy to be in that squad. (laughs) He is, but he's in it, so... Mm. Now, once he's there, he may as well get used because he's in there because he's in form, yeah, isn't he? He is, but yeah, again, exactly. Southgate trusts him. He trusts him. You know, he's one of those players. He, he's a professional. He shows up for England. He, he actually plays to the same level for England as he does for his club. And sometimes that's not the high level that we want. But reproduce it though on the international stage. So, Rashford, you, his last kick for England was that missed penalty in the Euros final. Definitely. Yeah, has there ever been a player? Who's played in a tour- major tournament and then their next game has been the following major tournament? Uh, that'd be an interesting thing to Google. Mm. But I just think, in terms of Rashford himself, he's got a little bit of magic in him where he'll shoot from 30 yards. Yeah, it might go miles over, but one time it'll go in. And that's, I, I like that in a player sometimes. It's a bit of jeopardy if you're chasing a game. But if it goes in, it's the best thing you've ever seen. And I think Rashford's got that in his game where he can just, he can be crap for an hour and then he can just hit one for 30 yards and it'll go in. I, I like Rashford because I think he's got the nerve for a big game as well. I yeah. think he's actually a really composed player. Like I yeah. said, so, some days he's for, you know, when his form's not great. But when he's on, on song, he, he is a, a really good centre forward or a wide forward player. He can play in the middle too. And I'd. I'd always play him out wide. Oh, I would I think personally. He's a, he's a full-backs nightmare. Yeah. He's rapid. Well, he can't get on the end of stuff, you know. He, he has been yeah. known to play in the middle if he needed to. But, yeah, yeah I agree. I'd, I'd play him out wide. He can beat yeah. a man too, which is, I always say, you know, if, if you can 
beta man, it's a great quality to have as a forward. Absolutely no idea why any of his previous managers haven't just made him play out wide and work on his delivery. Because yeah. if he were, if he got delivery consistently good into the box, he'd be one of the best wide players around. So if we are struggling, yeah, I I think he sacrificed Dyer at the back. Yeah, go to push you, you know, drop your wing backs in as full backs. Yeah, um, keep your midfield too. I don't think I don't think there's anyone out there who's maybe mount for. Rice. No, I think I think if you if you're midway through a game and Eric Dyer's coming off and you're changing your formation, Gareth Southgate's first change is Mason Mount. I think he probably is. So yeah, you, yeah. So you think he's going to bring Mount, Mount on, on Mount on for Dyer? Yeah. Four at the back, yeah. two midfielders. Mount's going to play behind Kane. Yeah. And he he would bring Sterling and Saka off because he's, those are his options, aren't they? Yeah. And he's going to be bringing on Rashford, yeah, and Foden, Foden. or Grealish. Foden. Foden. Yeah, I think it'd be Foden. Um, and it's harsh on Grealish because you'd bring Grealish on for winning free kicks and getting them set pieces. You would. Um, but I just think he'd, he'd prefer the pace of Rashford. Lee, what do you think? No, I mean, no, no. for me, Grealish, Grealish has been sort of a bit of a super sub for England, hasn't he? Especially the, the Euros. I mean, you think back to the Germany game, yeah, where we'd sort of, you know, we we'd been on top in that game, hadn't we? We but we were struggling to sort of create chances, and and he came on and and sort of just won the game for us, really, didn't he? Put yeah. two on a play. Well, I really yeah. like Jack Grealish as a as a player. Anyway, I, I like any player that sort of. You know, he's got that bit of something special about him. He, he wants to, to do the spectacular. He wants to beat a man, even take the mickey a little bit. It's just, it's, it's the Neymar thing. He's <laughs> majestic, isn't he, Jack, really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I said when he was at Villa, he was my favourite football to watch in the whole Premier League. Yeah, he was really yeah. good. Really enjoyable to watch. I think the trouble is, as we've discussed for England, that, that's not what he's here to do. Um, and, and as Jamie says, if, if particularly if we're not perhaps getting the grip of the game that we need to, he's going to want to put players on who are going to genuinely play it sensibly to, to the South yeah. standard, if you like. So I could see why you go Foden um, over it, definitely. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, they, they're the sort of the subs we're going to be making then. So you left with Grealish and Madison on the bench. I think he probably, once he goes four at the back, if he probably gives it another 10 minutes... And then maybe brings Trent on if we're still looking for a goal. Yeah. But I don't think he'd do that at the same time as dropping to a back four. I don't think he'd want to bring Trent on at that point. No. I think you know what I think he actually does? Brings on Jordan Henderson. That's what I think he does. And takes off Declan yeah. Rice. I'd be take I'd be bringing Henderson on if a two 0 up and there's, you know, sixty five on the clock, you think he might I think he I think he does it at nil nil with 15 minutes to go. I think he takes off Declan Rice and puts on Jordan Henderson. Just to do a direct everything yeah. if nothing else. He's, he's a captain, Jordan Henderson is. Yeah. Oh, he likes a shot as well. Just a yeah. well 30 yard. I mean, one's going to go in eventually. <laughs> yeah, they never go in, but he loves having him. He likes a shot. Stoke, honestly. You just, you know, let him have a couple of shots. One of these weeks, it will go in when we need it to. Yeah. <laughs> sure yeah. enough. I suppose as well, like, like you say, if, like you say, to captain, to galvanise, to get everything. Because at that stage, 15 minutes, like say 15, 20 minutes to go, the frustration's already set in at that point, hasn't it? You've yeah. made change, you still haven't got anything. Yeah. And for somebody like Kane yeah. to try and hold everybody together whilst also being the main goal threat yeah. and probably chief creator is probably he could do with somebody like Henderson to come on and just say, you know, right, Harry, you just concentrate on that end of the pitch. Yeah. I'll make sure everybody's heads yeah. on the game down here. Yeah. Yeah. And it could take something like that. It was like Jordan Henderson, you know what you're getting. He's a steady Eddie. You know, he'll he'll make the passes, he'll make the runs, he'll run forever. Um, and he doesn't give up. So, I mean, you know what you're getting. Well, one thing I will say, 
is uh, we've conceded first in five of the last six games. Yeah, but we haven't played Iran in five of those six games. <laughs> no. So we could definitely do without conceding that first yeah. goal because I think then it be it can become a triple locked door to try and get through, can't it? Yeah. I mean that, that defensive like four knocks at that point. Yeah. I think we're just gonna skip over the fact we lost to Hungary four nil. Um yeah. That, I, I can't remember that day. No, I mean didn't happen. Played at Wolves, didn't it? Well just, no, just experimental, wasn't it? That's all that was. It was uh, There's no fans there. So, yeah. yeah. Totally no bearing on the match on Monday. Not at all. No, no. There was no problem. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting. Are we getting? Are we going to try and do some score predictions? Yeah, I reckon so. I'm going to go with two nil to England. Yeah, I'm going to go three three nil England. Okay, well, I I do think Iran will score. I just think they will. So I'm going to go two one to England. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Iran. <laughs> I think Iran will score two one to Iran. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have prepared a little quiz for you. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Go. So, eight questions. We get two bonus points on one of them. So, let's see how you get on. You work together. One of them will test, it'll test um, how much you've been listening. Number question one, Will. Who is England's top goal scorer in World Cup history? Gary Lineker. Gary Lineker with 10 goals. Correct. Who is England's top appearance maker in World Cup history? Yeah, that's a, that's a mm. good one. Um, World Cups. I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like we're going, we're going to be going back some here. I'm just going to say... Um... No, no, I'm going. No, I'm not. Who are you going to say? No, I'm not. Um, no, well, go on. I'll say Sterling because I, I really I can't even come close to thinking here. Twenty fourteen Sterling was first World Cup. That's eight years, that's it. Yeah, yeah, but we would oh, we played three yeah, games yeah, in that yeah. World Cup, mate. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's lucky. He's lucky he played for England again after that. Yeah, he was. Of them all. Yeah, um, I was thinking David Beckham. Peter Shilton, 17 games. Wow, 17. Fair play. Uh, who is the only England player to score in three separate World Cups? Um, ooh. Raheem Sterling. <laughs> no, that is David Beckham. That is David Beckham, 1998, yeah, 2002 yeah. and 2006. Yeah, he scored free kick against Ecuador in 20, 2006 when everyone thought he shouldn't have been there. Yes, he did. So, question four. Southgate becomes the third manager to take charge of England at two World Cups. Who are the other two? I want to say one of them is Bobby Robson. But the other one is definitely Svengor and Eriksson. Okay, I'm going to have to check my source here because I believe you may be right with what you just said there. 
For the first one, the Ericsson definitely is one. Yeah. But um, the second name I've got written down is not Bobby Robson. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay. I'm probably wrong then. If you've not got that wrote down, then I must be wrong. Um, any ideas, Lee, if I'm, if I'm wrong on that one? No, because it was one of the first names that I thought, but I'm trying to think what the other world called. Yes. Okay. Redo that question. Southgate becomes the fourth man to <laughs> England in two World Cups. Um, I'm going to assume that the other one might be Alf Ramsey. It was indeed Alf yeah. Ramsey in the 66 and 70. Yeah, 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 you couldn't you Obviously, couldn't sack him after winning it, could you? <laughs> yes, and then uh, yes, he was indeed Bobby Robson was in charge of England. Uh, from after the 82 World Cup until the 1990 World Cup. Oh, I thought he just did 86 and 90. <laughs> yeah, so he took charge after the 82 Oh, World right, Cup. okay, sorry. Miss it, Due to 90. Well, I'll be, uh, re- I'll be rechecking my sources <laughs> from now on. Let <laughs> well, Jamie do the quiz next time. <laughs> Question number five. Apart from Kane, which other England player scored more than once at the last World Cup? I know it. Do you, want, do you want to have a guess, Lee? But I know it. It depends because I just want to say Raheem Sterling again. To be honest, I feel I feel like <laughs> I feel like broken clock. You know, just, just 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 read. Just say the question again, though. So, apart from Harry Kane, which other England players scored more than once at the last World Cup? It was Harry Maguire. But I feel like Not John quite. Stones did. John Stone scored twice against Panama in the group stage. Yeah, I felt like Maguire scored in that game, and he definitely scored against Sweden. No, he got two. Uh, Kane got three because the last one came off his heel and yeah. went in the opposite corner. Oh, and Jesse Lingard! Jesse Lingard got the other goal. Is that that goal? That that goal that sort of is the reason that he sort of got called up ever since. Was, that was that game. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone remembers isn't it when you curled it in oh so, yeah question, question number six which three players that started the 2018 World Cup semi-final versus Croatia are not in this World Cup squad um... so who started against Croatia at the last World Cup it isn't in this World Cup squad. Wow, there's a question. Um, four years is a long time, isn't it? Two of them have been mentioned on this podcast already. One of them, I will be amazed if you get and hats off if you get the third player. Because I'm thinking back to like who was in the squad, and like people like Vardy were in the squad. But he didn't start the game. Or did he? Do you think Jamie Vardy started a World Cup semi-final? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, he did not. (laughs) Uh, Lingard? Lingard is one. Deli Alli. Deli Alli is the other. They're the two that have been mentioned. Yeah. Wow. The other one who's not been mentioned. I feel like he's uh, so definitely a midfielder. If you get it, then it's like hats off. That's some good work. <laughs> um, I feel like it's definitely a midfielder, but I don't think he started. And I was going to say Ruben Loftus cheap because he got an insane amount of football at that World Cup. It's not. Do you want to guess, Lee? No, I'm, I, this was before Sancho, wasn't it? Yes. No, I have nothing to offer at all here. Ashley Young. <laughs> wow. He started, did he? Yeah, at left wing back. Ashley Young. Wow. Which England player between 2000 and 2012 played under a record eight different England managers. <laughs> it's got to be Beckham. So his England career was 2000 to 2012. Right, okay. 
Ashley Cole. What a shout. It's a good shout, that is. Not correct. Oh. Well, it wasn't that good then, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good shout on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the date. So far, it's a good shout out. <laughs> but you're wrong. Uh, anyone else? Um, 2000 to 2012. There's a lot of players. Real Ferdinand. No. And one more go. Phil Neville. Do you know what? People sort of bracketed at what point he was bracketed in the same kind of player as as uh, as Phil Neville. Gary Neville. <laughs> Gareth Barry. Gareth Barry. Oh, oh my god. god. I bet I had him on the back of one of my England shirts, not even joking. For two bonus points, can you name these eight managers? Three of them were caretakers who only did one game. Right. So Sven. Sven. McLaren. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Keegan. Yeah, he was the first. Um. Capello. Yeah, had it. Yeah. Capello. Yeah. Um. So you've got the three caretakers and one more England Stuart manager. Pierce have a caretaker. Stuart Pierce. Yeah. Stuart Pierce. Yeah. So he was after Capello. Who else did England for a game? And then there was another permanent in there. Yeah. So there's one more permanent manager and two caretakers. How long has Southgate been there for? No, it's not that long, is it? Well, did he ever stand in as a kid? Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson. Roy. So he was the last permanent manager who picked him. So there was two caretaker managers between Kevin Keegan and Sven. They each had one game. It's going to be someone like dead unlikely as well. Just someone you're not even going to think of. Like someone from See, the back room. Now, Keegan quit after the Germany game and England had a game against Finland three days later. So this FA man, you know, Mr. FA, he took over. And then there was a few months, and this guy, I'll give you a clue. The other caretaker manager who had the next game, who was away at Italy, he gave Beckham the armband for the first time. Oh, my Ooh. God, who yeah. was that? Yeah. That well rings the bell, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's going to bother me. Um Because uh, I know who it is, it's like on the tip of my tongue, and it's annoying me. It's gonna be someone like yeah. John Carver, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> John Carver, imagine that. What a legend he was. I'd, uh, yeah, no, that'd be pretty wild if it was that. I've got it. I I'm sure it was someone who stepped up from the under twenty ones, and I just can't. A bit like Stuart Pearce, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Come on. Peter Taylor. Peter yes. Taylor. Oh, he was the under twenty ones manager at the time. Yeah, nice. I remember him. But, yeah. So Peter Taylor gave um, what turned out to be an inspirational decision to give Bex the armband, didn't he? Yeah, it did actually. Yeah. At the time, obviously, you know, not long after he'd had that sending off against Argentina, and he was, you know, still media boo boy and all that. Yeah. Um, sort of changed his England career, turned it round a bit. So, who was the manager who took charge that game in Finland a few I, days after? Yeah, Keegan? I, I think I know who it is because he, like, well, said he was involved in the England squad as well. He used to manage Leeds, Howard Wilkinson. That's the one. Mm. Yeah. He was heavily involved in the FA and like um, being a crew fan as well. He used to have quite a bit to do with Dario because Dario was in with the FA at the time. Mister Mister FA Howard yeah. Wilkinson, yeah, one of the boys. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, your your final question: Which current England player has been capped for another nation? There's two of them. 
Go on then. Name me two. Declan Rice and Jack Grealish. Or was Grealish Jack... not senior capped? Grealish wasn't senior capped, but right, Rice okay. was. Yeah, Declan Rice was in two friendlies, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I knew that. I thought Grealish was as well, because they always moan about him, don't they? Yeah, I think he went like right the way through the youth setup there, didn't he? <laughs> and then play for England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen what the future holds here, and it ain't pretty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've appointed Mick McCarthy again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not want to be playing with David McGoldrick <laughs> and James McLean. <laughs> I will bide my time and wait seven or eight years, thank you, for an England call-up. Uh, yeah, he played for Republic of Ireland, under-17, under-18, under-21s. Then he played for England, under-21s. And then England's national team. He's actually got 24 caps for England now, which is a lot more than I actually thought he got. Yeah. I didn't realise he played that many times. <laughs> well, it was like 18 months ago, I swear we had like two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that was a that was a fun quiz. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, you did, yeah. You knew all the answers. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> can we turn it like next time? Can we like quiz Jamie or something? But I don't know all this kind of stuff. He knows it. <laughs> Some mega stuff <laughs> going on. There. Do you know what we could do if you want? I can I can carry on with these sort of England related questions, and I can think of some. Or uh, I have very kindly been sent a game called Pundit. So it's made in Denmark, but it's made about, it's all about like football, it's like a football sort of quiz game and you move up the pitch and then your striker scores and, or if he, um, once your striker's got the ball, if you get that question right, he scores, if you get it wrong, then the opposition get the ball. But obviously I could take some questions out of that and uh, ask you them if you I'll want. I'll be honest, Dan, this sounds like you found a child's game here and what you've done is <laughs> I've said that I can't keep up with Jamie, so you've pulled this out for like three to five years. It's got a pitch and everything. <laughs> Perks have been a podcast host. They've sent me a free version of this game and uh, said it's a nice code for all our listeners. And if they want, they can have five pound, uh, 5% off it. Nice. Um, so yes, what we may do is trial and give people a little insight into what questions are in this game. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. Well, I shall have a look through. I need some. What I might do is I might put a, put a poll out on Twitter and ask people what, because uh, there's different sections and different um, categories. Yeah. See which one we shall we shall use for the next game. Yeah, perfect. But, but I think that pretty much wraps us up there, doesn't it? I think we've got a nice preview there of uh, what, what to expect. Let's see what if uh, Gareth does as we expect him to do. <laughs> Can't wait for him to go completely left field. <laughs> yeah, he's like, got Grealish in at wing back. <laughs> Madison, marauding down the wing. Ramsdale started. <laughs> kind of Cody at the heart of defence. Harry Maguire's been sent home. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Callum Wilson, Harry Kane, Harry, Harry Kane's playing in midfield. Yeah, I'm going to ask him. Um, we should get uh, Ivan Tony on for his betting preview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Between him and Samuel Eto, I'll tell you what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I think what we'll do then, we'll bid farewell to everybody and let them do you know, as we told them on the last podcast. If you still haven't, you really need to go and find Samuel Eto'o's World Cup preview. <laughs> and if you're listening, Samuel, honestly, there's no no hate intended here. I think you're a fantastic footballer, but your, your predictions are wild. Wild. In <laughs> 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 the words of somebody who I showed that to earlier on, I'll have some of what he's on, <laughs> which I said. <laughs> um, but yes. Obviously, we're going to get three points. We're going to get off to a good start, and we're going to come here, smiles on faces, ready to do the USA game, aren't we? Yeah, it's coming home. Yes, it's coming home. See you all later, guys. See ya. Yeah. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.